without God. And many will live life on earth without ever truly knowing what peace really is. Peace is one of the fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5 verses 22 and 23 But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. It is also found among the Beatitudes. In Matthew 5 and verse 9, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Those who make peace are known as the sons and heirs of God. Peace is more than just something that is given to us, but is also something that we make happen by our actions. It is controlled, at least to some degree, in our lives as to whether we have peace or not. And it doesn't even have to to be completely tied to the things that surround us and all the events that happen around us. We can have peace even in difficult times. But for this sermon, we're going to look a little closer at a time when the disciples were longing for more peace. They sought peace in Jesus. They found peace in Jesus. We'll also notice Christ's rebuke of the disciples at the end. And we, one of the things that I want us to notice as we look at our sermon for tonight is that we aren't much different than they in our own desire for peace. They desired peace in the moment. And we desire peace in our lives as well. But as we begin our lesson, and if you're following along with the sermon outline, start with seeking peace. Tonight's lesson is going to be primarily based on Jesus and how he stilled the storm. We began our service tonight with the song, Master the Tempest is Raging, which is based on this very event. And the lesson is subtitled, Finding Peace in the Storms of Life. And so we begin by seeking peace. I want you to turn to Mark chapter 4. That's where our uh, account is going to be taken from tonight. Mark chapter 4, and we'll begin with verse 35. On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? This must have been a most frightening storm. I want you to think of the background of the disciples. Some of the disciples were fishermen. And they would have been accustomed to certain storms of various natures. They had spent their life 
on the sea. And so they would have been accustomed to this. But, but this windstorm that, that came down and, and, and beat against the boat, this was something that was scary for all of them. They were all afraid for their lives. And in this storm and in their difficult situation, the disciples sought Jesus and they found Him sleeping in the midst of all this commotion and chaos. How in the world could Jesus be sleeping in a time like this? Now they had seen Jesus. They had been with Jesus. Uh, we don't know exactly how much time as to when this happened. But we do know that they had been with Jesus. And they had seen some of the miracles that he was able to perform. And they believed in God themselves. And we might ask a question of them. Or might ask three questions. That's all I've got. First of all, why weren't they themselves? If they believed in God and they believed in, in the power of God, why weren't they praying for their own safety? Maybe some prayers were uttered, but for the most part we're told that they were afraid. And why were they so fearful knowing that their master, their, their teacher, the one that they had spent time with, who had performed miracles was in the stern of the boat. Why, why didn't they have any kind of peace in knowing that Jesus was with them? And, you know, in our difficult times, we recognize that we have Jesus in our life. If we're Christians, we have Jesus in our life. And we take comfort in knowing that we're covered by His blood. They were with Jesus. It wasn't like they were alone on the sea. They were with Jesus, and yet they were still afraid. Why were they so fearful? Why was it that they could find no peace in the midst of the storm? Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? They had no peace, but they were seeking peace. Now to their credit, and as we'll get to in a moment, we understand that they did go to the right source. If they were seeking peace, in the midst of this storm, Jesus was the place to turn. Now I want to compare this, and we're going to do this throughout our lesson. I want to compare what we're reading here with our own lives today. You know, there are certain storms that we face. More than just rain showers and thunder and lightning and things of that nature. But we face many various storms in our lives. It may be the loss of a job or maybe the threat of a loss of a job. Uh, some kind of financial crisis a car, a house, property troubles, maybe uh, not able to, to make payments as you're, you're supposed to. The difficulties of raising children, sometimes that, that causes strife between parents, or even grandparents, uh, but in those relationships and raising those children. Uh, sometimes it might may be illness or disease. There's so many people that, that go into the doctor's office and they hear the word cancer. 
or Alzheimer's or something else that is some kind of a scary thing. Those are storms of life. Those are difficult things. And it's hard to find peace in those difficult times. And the question is raised, how do we handle the storms of life that we face? Are we fearful of the outcome? Wondering what the future may hold. None of us can see what is ahead of us. And that's hard. That's difficult. Are we fearful for each other, for our families, for spouses and children, how they might be affected by these storms that we're facing? Do we find no peace, no solitude in the midst of our storms? And again, we go back to what we were reading. How could Jesus be sleeping in the middle of the storm? The disciples, whenever this storm came about, and whenever they found no peace in themselves, they sought Jesus. Where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? And whether they realized it or not, they did turn to the right source in their time of trouble, the master of the winds and the waves. When we face our various trials, we also must turn to the master of our winds and our waves. When we face difficult times, we can only turn to the one who controls it all. Now, as we look at the disciples, we see that they, they had no peace in this storm. There was chaos going all around and they were worried about their lives and they had no peace. But they found peace. Let's go back to verse 38, to the latter part. They awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And then, in verse 39, he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. Only Mark's account provides the words that Jesus used to rebuke the storm. But he spoke and, and it was done. Peace be still. And, and that's exactly what happened. How important are words? This is something that we visited as we began our one word series in creation. How important are words when it comes to God and His authority? I want you to notice for a moment some verses from Genesis chapter 1. Beginning with verse 1. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. 
and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Verse 6. Then God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Then God said, and we go through six days of creation where it says, Then God said. So we come to the seventh day and it tells us that He rested. But why did God speak the world into existence? Something that we recognize in the words. Uh, our authority, the authority of God was exhibited in the words. Then God said, and it was done. Look at the Ten Commandments. Exodus 20 and verse 1, And God spoke all these words, saying, and goes on to list the Ten Commandments. But why did God not just give Moses the tablets with the commandments on them? Why didn't He just give him the tablets and say, Take these down and read them to the people and follow them? You ever thought about that? But no, it says that God spoke all these things. Why must He speak the words? Again, there was authority behind the words. Jesus, in giving the Great Commission, as we often refer to it, to His disciples in Matthew 28 and verse 18, says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given me, and given to me in heaven, and on earth. There's authority behind those words. And he told them exactly what they needed to do. Whenever we see God speak or Jesus speak, it's very important. Jesus spoke these words so that his disciples would know that he was authority. That he had the authority of God. Now when Jesus spoke the words, Peace be still, the winds and the waves ceased. And the disciples saw that. They saw authority behind those words. And Jesus could have just stood there and maybe done this. But he didn't. He spoke. And it was done. And it was shown that he had authority over not just the winds but the waves. Two different elements. But he had authority and he spoke to both. And both of them were still. And though the disciples were fearful, they turned to the right source for peace. And peace was provided. And in our storm, when we face the storms of this life, where do we turn for peace? Does it matter where we turn? It it does. It matters a great deal where we turn for peace. Now some of our first thoughts, your best friend, you ever face some kind of difficult trial and, and you call them up on the phone or maybe you text them now. Listen, I'm going through this difficult situation. What do I do? You ask for advice, don't you? 
Same way with a, maybe a close family member or maybe a co-worker. Maybe you're going through something difficult and you ask them for advice. Does it work? Does it work whenever we ask these people for advice? One of the things that we have to recognize is that as humans, we're all fallible. And sometimes the advice they give is great. Sometimes that advice may not be the best. Like the three little pigs do, do we trust in the structure of our homes to protect us from the elements outside? And I mean this literally and metaphorically. In the middle of physical storms, we hide ourselves in a basement or a room with interior walls. We try to find the safest place in our homes, wherever it is that we can go and know that we'll be protected from whatever the storm may be outside. And I think sometimes in the middle of the storms of life, we find ourselves going into our homes behind closed doors and we, we, we shut ourselves off from the world so that we might find some peace. But let me tell you that, that even in our homes, even in the privacy of our homes, it's difficult to find peace without God. When you're in need of peace, do you turn to God? Do you search for Jesus? Do you look for Jesus like the disciples did in the boat when they were in the middle of that storm and they looked for Jesus? Do we look for Jesus in the midst of our storms? When you're searching for peace, how often do you turn here? How often do you open up your Bible and... and Look for peace within the Word of God. How often do you turn directly to God in prayer? That's how we find peace. You're not going to find true peace in advice from friends or family members. And you're not going to find true peace in the privacy of your home you're looking for true peace no matter what the storm may be we need to look for God we need to look for His Word spend time in prayer those are ways to find true peace and finally we look at Jesus' rebuke of His disciples as we get it to the, the end of our passage, Mark chapter 4, picking up with verse 40. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Again, two different elements. They saw both of them taken care of by the authority of the words of Jesus. Why were they fearful of the storm? Jesus was with them, but why were they fearful of the storm? We do understand that the disciples had faith enough to turn to Jesus in their difficult time. It wasn't that they didn't have any faith, but their faith was very weak and it needed strengthening. And Jesus provided that strengthening 
I don't know that they knew exactly what would happen when they turned to Jesus, but they turned to the right place. And we might also ask the question, why were they still fearful after the storm was over? Uh, go back to verse 41, and they feared exceedingly and said to the one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? That word fear in verse 41 is a different type of fear than what we might be thinking. Now when the storm came upon them, they were fearful of the storm. But this word fear is different. When it says that they feared exceedingly, the second fear is uh, more of respect and awe. Awe that Jesus could still both the winds and the waves at once. For instance, we are to fear God in respect and awe. It's not about being afraid of God. It's not about being scared into serving Him. That's not what that kind of fear is about. But we are to have respect for God. We are to stand in awe. We're beautiful beyond description, too marvelous for words, too wonderful for comprehension, like nothing ever seen or heard. Who can grasp your infinite wisdom? Who can fathom the depths of your love? You're beautiful beyond description. Majesty enthroned above. And I stand in awe of you. I stand in awe of you. Holy God to whom all praises due. I stand in awe of you. We stand in awe of the power of God. Let me tell you that if this song was around when the disciples were there, they would have been singing it. I stand in awe. They stood in awe of Him. Whenever they saw that He was able to control the storm, the wind, the waves. It wasn't that they were afraid of Jesus. But they respected Him. And they stood in awe of what He did. They asked, who can this be? And I like the way the King James puts this the best. What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? What kind of man can control these things? What kind of man can speak and it's still? We can't do this. What kind of man? But we understand that even though that Jesus was man while he was on this earth he was also God he had the power of God behind him what manner of man is this this is Jesus the son of God and this is one of those times where they are reminded exactly who Jesus is now when it comes to our storms why are we so fearful with Jesus in the boat if you will I want to read to you some of the, the words of Psalm 27. This is a Psalm of David. And he says in Psalm 27 verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? 
The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Verse 3, Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that, that will I seek. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Verse 5, For in the time of trouble, He shall hide me in His pavilion. In the secret place of His tabernacle, He shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. I'm also reminded of words from Hebrews 13 verses 5 and 6. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? That's a quote from Psalm 118. Verse 6. Man can do all manner of, of torture to the physical body. But what can man do to the eternal soul? Matthew 10 verses, verse 28. Jesus told his disciples as he prepared to send them out. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul, but rather fear Him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. It doesn't matter what happens to this physical body that I live in. One day it will pass away. All of us will pass from this earth. But our soul lives on. We're not to fear those who may kill, may destroy the body, because they have no power over the soul. You see many martyrs that, that will face a gun or, or some other threat that is going to take their life. They may be asked to renounce. Jesus or renounce God and they refuse to do it and they're killed they're faithful we know that their soul is protected if the Lord is our helper we have no reason to fear the storms that we encounter whatever those storms may be whether they be physical storms or whether they be Storms of, of a spiritual nature. Temptations and, and things like that. Whatever the storms we're facing. We have no reason to fear if God is on our side. Now, so many people in the world are seeking peace. And so many people have difficulty finding peace. 
And one of the reasons that they have such difficulty in finding peace is because they're looking in the wrong places. They're searching for peace in all the wrong places. The only way to know peace is to know His peace. His peace comes through Christianity. It comes through obedience to the gospel. Hearing, believing, by faith, repenting of sin, confessing faith in Christ, being baptized for the remission of sins. That's the entrance into peace with God. And it continues in living faithfully. We must live a faithful life in order to find peace with God. If we turn back to the world, we've lost that sense of peace that we once had. And we must come back. We must rededicate ourselves to Him. Sometimes that's something beyond our power alone. Maybe we need the help of others, but we need to come back so that we can find peace once again. Don't search for peace and faces on this earth. You won't find it. Don't search for peace and material wealth or possessions. You won't find it. If you really want to know peace and find peace in God. Do you know that peace? Are you a Christian? Are you a child of God? Maybe it is that that you have become a Christian. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to Him. But if you're in need in some way, if there's a way that we as your brothers and sisters in Christ can help you to find peace, then we would be glad to help you in that need in your life. Let's come as together we stand and as we sing. I have a